This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, it's been a few hours and we've had a little bit of time to catch our breath and come back down. But what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's a lot. I can, t- I can tell you how I'm feeling. Uh, elation, relief, confusion, frustration, happiness, and a dash of what the what? Like, what, did, you're, what was that? What What was that? I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I have had conversations with people, and generally speaking, most of those conversations since the game have consisted of swearing and just a lack of understanding of, of what they just witnessed. And confusion, I think, is a big part of it. And then also just just sheer joy and happiness, right? A win is a win is a win is a win. But that was, um, oh, I didn't enjoy. I didn't. I enjoyed watching the last, the last, the last quarter. Last quarter was amazing. The rest of that game was just not amazing at all. It was hard to watch. So part of me wants the fan in me. It's like is looking at the positive of all this because this is, if not the youngest offense in the NFL, it's one of the youngest offenses in the NFL. And they just came back down 24 to three and completely flipped the script from this game. So I want to say that this is the potential stepping stone for Drew Locke and this offense. Because if you watch the – and obviously a lot of the people listening to this did. If you watch the first half, and especially the second the, – the, the first half of the third quarter, he didn't have his confidence, that being Drew Locke. This was an offense that seemed like it was stuck in the mud. And then Philip Lindsay, as I have described him throughout the week, is the heart and soul of the Broncos offense. And he sparked – the offense with his 55-yard touchdown run. That was the moment that woke the Broncos' offense up. But I'm looking at this team, and you come back down 24-3 to 
and you win 31 to 30, it can only be a positive. And the other thing that I will say is that for two years, we have watched this team lose close games. We saw it at the beginning of the season against the Tennessee Titans. They took the next step by winning this game. You have to learn how to win. Well, they did that on Sunday. And they did it in a game where it's not exactly the ideal situation being down 24-3, to but they did it. Yeah, And they didn't give up. And they kept fighting. And they, they did not, at any point, lose sight of the fact that they could win this game. And to me, that is on Vic Fangio and this coaching staff. For all the talk, every single time they get down, I get asked, so is this the time that we fire Vic Fangio? At least for this week. This is something that you can build on. This is something, and we've been saying this after the last two wins before the Chiefs game, that you could see the path. It just came in to greater vision after this win over the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, so uh, you, you, you make a lot of really good points there. There's a whole... There's a whole heck of a lot that happened in this game. And if you look at the way that things went about, right, the way that things happened, you had the Justin Simmons interception at the beginning of the game that immediately made you think, okay, they're going to win this game because the defense is going to is going to keep them in it. The offense is going to look better. They have to look better. They can't look as bad as they have throughout the, the course of the year. Lock, they're going to be snap. just Pressure fine, right? Up. That's sort of – what you were thinking is going to happen. And then just a field goal, right? Uh, after great field position. And then it was nothing for the rest of the first quarter. Not just from the Broncos offense, but from the Chargers offense as well. Both offenses completely stall out. And then in the second quarter, you get the Chargers who score two touchdowns and the Broncos continue to just look lethargic and inept, and Drew Locke looks bad. He look, 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 Drew Locke looked bad throughout the entire first half of that game. He just did. There's no doubt about it. There's no other way to say it. There's no point in sugarcoating it. He looked bad. But so did the rest of the offense. The play calling was bad. There were huge mistakes. Garrett Bowles was Gar the Garrett Bowles of 2019 or 18 or 17. Your choice. I don't care. Pick a year. It certainly wasn't the Garrett Bowles of 2020. So, you know, it, it is one of those things where we got to halftime. And I, I looked at that and I said, 14-3 might as well be 21-3, 50-3. It didn't matter. And then they came out in the third quarter and they got slapped in the mouth. They got slapped in the mouth by the Chargers. The Chargers came out and scored on their first two possessions. They scored a touchdown on a field goal. And if you thought at that moment, after they put another 10 points on the board, that the Denver Broncos were going to come back and win this game, if you were somebody who was out there putting us a bet down on one of those fancy online sports books, then you need to go buy a lotto ticket or something. You need to, to stop wasting your talents on on football games like this and go go make some big money because no way, no way anybody thought they were coming back. But like you said, Philip Lindsay wakes up the offense. He gets a ball, he goes 55 yards, and you could tell that it was sort of like, okay, all right, we can do this. We can score points. 
we can move the football. We just got to commit to doing it. And I don't know that the play calling actually changed that much. And I would tell you that I'm still very frustrated with the way Pat Shermer calls a football game for Drew Locke. I think that Drew Locke needs more more two and three tight end sets. I think they need to run more play action for him. I think there are a lot of things that they could have done better for Drew Locke from the start of the game. But from the moment that Philip Lindsay scores that touchdown, there is a different attitude on the Broncos' sideline that you could see, and it played out in front of us throughout the rest of the third quarter and then all of the fourth quarter where the Broncos scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter three touchdowns in the fourth quarter I had they scored three touchdowns in a game all year other than the Jets I, I don't know I don't remember if they have or not it doesn't feel like it three touchdowns in the fourth quarter that to me was a huge statement about what the potential is of this team not what they are not what they not what they used to be but what they could be right what they what they could be if they can reach their potential. Never mind the fact that they were playing a Chargers team that can't seem to win a game when they're winning by more than 16 points. Let's ignore that. Let's ignore that. They could have given up. Some people would tell you, I might have been one of them when I was talking to certain people, that the defense should have just walked away and said, forget this. I'm not playing for you anymore. This offense is so bad, I'm out. But none of them gave up. None of them walked away. None of them turned tail and ran. They committed to getting the job done and they got the job done with a couple of butt cheek touchdowns. It was great. It was great. It was fun. And butt wasn't even in the lineup. I he know. wasn't even playing on Sunday. What a missed opportunity. I will say, is it play calling? Because what to me, what has been the problem isn't Pat Shermer. What has been the problem is execution. And what we saw over the course of the, from the, the middle of the third quarter on when they started that whole run because of Philip Lindsay's 55-yard run, is execution improved. So I think what that does is it motivates the entire offense because, yes, there are certain things that Pat Shermer can do better. Like he can get out of running so many three wide receiver sets. But to me, the biggest issue for this offense has been the execution. And they executed to precision, especially in the fourth quarter. And I can't find the tweet that says uh, the last time a Broncos quarterback threw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but it was Peyton Manning, and I believe it was against the Houston Texans. That's the last time a Broncos quarterback threw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And any time that you can be in the same conversation with Peyton Manning is a good thing. And I think this is going to be something that not only gives Drew Locke the confidence back that we know that he has, but it's for the offense. And I think it's also for the defense. They played complimentary football to win this football game. It wasn't just the offense executing. The defense still got stops. And I think that Bryce Callahan interception was the play of the game. We can talk about Philip Lindsay's 55-yard touchdown run that sparked, but it, it means nothing if Bryce Callahan doesn't get that pick in the end zone. To me, that was the play of the game. That's what kept the Broncos in the game. And the fact that it was Bryce Callahan is just even more awesome because 
we all felt that he could make an impact if he was able to get on the field. And he has made an impact since he's been back for the secondary. Yeah, you actually make a really good point there. And and it, I, I think it was kind of the point I was trying to make, but I wasn't as eloquent as you were. And it's just simply as, as much of a spark as Philip Lindsay was, if the defense doesn't continue to play well or doesn't actually – sort of turn it around a little bit because they were struggling for a little while. They, they started to reel a little bit, especially because they were, um, they, especially because I guess you could say they were probably tired. Right? I mean, they're getting a little gassed there being out on the field as much as they were with as many three and outs as there were and, and short drives and a lot of punting and those kinds of things. So the, you're right. The defense steps up in a big way there just because, without the defense continuing to play well throughout that game and actually turning it around a little bit themselves, it doesn't matter what the offense does because the Chargers are so far out in front that if if you're, even if they're giving up field goals at that point, right? Even if they're giving up a bunch of field goals, the bend don't break, then they're still going to lose that game. But instead they got, they got a key turnover. They forced punts. They did, they did the things they needed to do to ensure that the score didn't get so far out of hand that the offense could come back and have that great drive at the end with K.J. Hamler getting his first career touchdown. What a great way to score your first career touchdown for K.J. Hamler. I mean, he was my game ball simply for that reason. So, And, and that was it. That was the game. You had one option there, one choice, and it was to throw that ball into the end zone and hope that he caught it, and he caught it. So that was fun. That was great. But it really was important for the defense to do what they did so that the offense could make that comeback. It doesn't matter how well Drew Locke plays in the second half if the defense can't stop the Chargers offense from putting points on the board. And that's what they were able to do after giving up some points kind of at the beginning there. So it ended up being complimentary football. It ended up being a better game than, than it started out. But I don't think that there's I don't think we should sugarcoat or gloss over the fact that this team started in like the worst way possible. This was aside from the Justin Simmons interception, everything else was just bad. And and that's got to be something that has to change. They have to be able to to do things at the start of the game. And if they can't get to that point, if they if they're always coming back from behind, if they're always struggling to put points on the board, then this was a fun game, but it was really probably just a mirage. But that goes back to what we've been saying all along, that this is a young team. There's going to be times when they struggle, and they're still learning. I mean, yes, we want them to be able to play a full 60 minutes, but that's going to take time. I think this is the first step on the path to getting there. The first step is to come back in a game like this where you don't play your best in the first half. You don't play anywhere near your best, but you still come back to find a way and play better and win. That's something that you can really take from if you're Vic Fangio and this coaching staff, but especially the players. This can really serve as a way that, you know what? We are that good. We can be that good. We just need to start doing it consistently. And I think that's where successful teams become successful is they do it consistently because if you look at it, especially that 2000, the 2015 Broncos, they really didn't play a complete game that entire season, save for maybe against the green Bay Packers after the bye. 
And I think it's just a matter of learning how to win because at no point did you ever feel that that Broncos and, and that maybe except that game against the Chiefs where Peyton threw like 18 interceptions. That was really the only game they were out of it. I think he really just threw one. Play. Hang on. Yep. Yep. He just threw another one. That was a rough game for Peyton. So I, I, what I like about this is that they're learning how to win. And I think that's what Vic Fangio has been preaching with his death by inches. And everyone is going to jump on that and say, yeah, but they still, the death by inches is still going to hurt them because of third down and fourth down and all that other stuff. But they're learning how to win. They're learning how to do it the right way. And that was always going to take time because of how horrible Vance Joseph was. I think two things stand out to me. We can end the talk about not having Shaquille Barrett on the roster because they have found the next Shaquille Barrett with Malik Reed and Albert Akwu Egbunam. And for the life of me, I do not understand why these CBS broadcasters refuse to say his name correctly. Akwu Egbunam. I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I. We, we talked about this before we started. I got a little caveat here. So, a little, little tangent. That's what they, they, and they say, this is what he wants to be called. I mean, I, Kevin Harlan said it last week. This is what, this is what he said his, how his name is pronounced. And I think you made a really good point before he said recording. He probably was just like, yeah, whatever. That's however you say it is fine. Just go with Alberto. I, I, it's fine. It's it, seriously, it, it's a tough name. I get it. It's a tough name. The thing that drives me nuts though, is that he literally has how to pronounce it in his Twitter bio. Wow. That's. Oak. Wu Ibunam. Oku Ibunam. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough name. It's a tough name. I you know what I'm disappointed in, I will say this. I threw a I threw a little bet down. I'm not a gambler, but I did throw a little bet down on Alberto to score a touchdown last week because I thought this was gonna be the week, you know, the last week was the week he was gonna get his first touchdown in the NFL. Threw a little threw a little bet on it. Didn't work. So I only do the prop bets if I do any at all. Didn't do any bets this week. Guess who scored his first? I mean, come on. Seriously, it was like he was waiting for me or something to not be betting on him. I was very disappointed, but also very happy for him. That was a great, great catch. That that to me was was huge because he dropped that ball earlier in the year against the Patriots. Against the Patriots, and then he comes back and he makes that same exact catch in a huge moment. One of the things that you have said that I think is important is you're talking about learning to win. You're talking about growth. For for all of the issues this team has, I think there is an opportunity here, and I I, I don't know that uh, that changing much is what they should do. I think there's an opportunity here for this offense to grow with each other, and for Vic Fangio to just be the defensive guru that he is and allow the offense to sort of organically come together. Use Pat Shermer, that's fine. I I, I you know I can't tell you how many people said I miss Rich Scangarello today, which is always weird. But th- you're right. There is a chance here for this offense to just continue to grow and get better together. You don't want to mess. You don't want to mess with that. I, I, I can. I and I know we're probably just feeling a little bit of that elation, right? You're you know a little bit of a contact high from just seeing the Broncos come back and win there. But I don't, I don't discount the fact that, again, that's what this team could be. That offense at the end of that game is exactly what this team could be moving forward in the course of the rest of this season and next season. It's 
it's hard not to get a, at least a little bit excited about the potential there, except for potential is a really, really frustrating word. Well, keep in mind they were out with Tim Patrick, who didn't play on Sunday, and they were without Cortland Sutton, who is out for the entire season. So they what the, they did all of that coming back from down twenty four to three without your two best receivers, and you had. And I, to me, this was Deshaun Hamilton's best game as a pro. That touchdown catch that he had was awesome. Jerry Judy was, I thought, phenomenal. Melvin Gordon, I while he maybe, I, I, I thought he was really good. The pairing of him and Philip Lindsay, especially in the second half. I got to say about Melvin Gordon too. The one thing you can go through the stats and his stats don't look great, but he picked up that first down at the end there on that last drive by just body control. That was all just, it was a, it was a, a, a good catch on a ball that was not easy to catch. And then it was all body control to get that ball twisted around and across the, across the, what you would call the first down marker to ensure that they got the first down and could keep driving to score. Like, I mean, that that drive continues because of Melvin Gordon. Was he the best player on the field? No. Was he great? No. But those are the kinds of things, and this is where you like to have a guy like Melvin Gordon on the field. Those are the kinds of things that help the offense continue to get better and continue to stay on the field and continue those kinds of drives that can lead to points, that can lead to wins. That was a huge moment in the game, and it's you cannot – you. I don't think you can overstate – how important he was to that drive. Even if you are not a fan of Melvin Gordon and the contract and all that other stuff, that was a huge moment for him, for this team. I was That one was one that makes me pretty happy for him. And it's also very intelligent. It was a, it was a head, a heady play, as you would say. I mean, in the moment, to be that smart, to know the situation where you are, and to, as you mentioned, the body control, after even com- after catching it, the fact that he was able to do all of that and know where he is on the field to stretch the ball out, I mean, that's a remarkable play. And as you mentioned, one that may get overlooked but was huge. And I'm going to throw in Brandon McManus. To be able to make that extra point to, to avoid going to overtime, I <laughs> I mean, my wife is one, of the, is one of the first people to say that kicking is horrible in the National Football League. And all you have to do is look at the missed extra points. So the fact that Brandon McManus was able to step up in that moment. Onions. I mean, McMoney. Because, I mean, to me, that's like a free throw. And if it, at, at, if you watch the NBA on any relative uh, consistent basis, there are times that people miss those free throws in that situation. It's definitely no gimme. So, as you said, onions for Brandon McManus to make that kick. I just I, what I am excited about is that we can finally see the path again. And as I said at the top, it's really opening up and you can see it now. So it's just it's great to talk about a Broncos win and to have that mile high magic back because it really was mile high magic on Sunday. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.